Welcome to Elemental Fun, a historical and cultural look of the elements of the periodic table. Welcome to a special edition of Elemental Fun. Whoa. My name is Grace. My name is Cindy. And we're going to talk a bit, since it's Halloween, about two elements that are very poisonous. Arsenic mm. and thallium. Yes. So it's a good a spooky edition of poison and nastiness. Lots of death. Yes. <laughs> Which That's is what I... No. But, you know. It's not all I think about during Halloween is death and <laughs> dying. Poisons and toxins. Mm-hmm. So what are the two What are the two ones that we're going to be talking about? Thallium and arsenic. And mm. although cyanide is not an element, I do have a little bit about cyanide. And we cool. could just talk a little bit about it. We'll just add a little, as a little flavor. Yeah. It was in my element book, and I was like, wait, is cyanide? Cyanide's not an element. Yeah, why is it in the element book, then? Um, You know, it's a really good question, because um, it talks about poisonous elements, and then there's a little spot about cyanide. And I was like, huh? Hmm. And then I was like, I don't think it's an element. And then I looked it up, and um, yeah, it's not, but it's talked about. (laughs) And I think people confuse it for an element a lot. Yeah, I can see that. So, um, yeah. So we're going to start with thallium. Yeah, I think we start with that one because that's the one I don't think anybody knows because I, you know, it's not a well-known element. <laughs> I didn't really know about it. I did not know about it until I, and, you know, did this. Uh, yeah, until <laughs> I did the research for this. Had a reason to look for it. Yeah, and yeah. I think most people, you know, know arsenic. And there's a, there's a lot to arsenic as well. So mm-hmm. we'll start with thallium. So yeah. thallium is an odorless and tasteless mm-hmm. um, soft silvery white metal that tarnishes easily. Um, and it's it's so soft that you can actually cut it with a knife. Ooh, butter. Yeah. Now, the <laughs> but, but don't eat it. Don't eat it. Really, really uh, less than a teaspoon can kill you. So right. So let's yeah. Ixnay on the butter egg. Oh. Um, or bay, I guess it is. So <laughs> to get my pig Latin right. <laughs> Seriously, um, Cindy. Focus. I, what's wrong with me? <laughs> um. Uh. So in uh, the the history of it, or the who who discovered it, is there's a little bit of uh, controversy about with that. Um, in 1861, William Crookes uh, discovered it because he saw that there was a green line in the spectrum of some um, impure, impure sulfuric acid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he saw this little green line, and so he announced that there was something there, but he didn't actually isolate the actual metal. Um, right. and, and real quick, the name thallium comes from thallos, which is Greek mm-hmm. for green shoot or twig, which goes right. with the whole spectrum thing. Exactly. So, so he really, you know, discovered that there was something there. But in 1862, so a year later, Claude Auguste Lemay of Lille, France, he actually researched it and made um, an ingot of it 
Um, mm -hmm. And the French Academy gave him the discovery, like that he discovered it. Well, so they gave him a medal at this thing, and um, William Crooks was a bit furious. I wrote he threw a hissy fit. That's yeah. what I wrote. So he, um, so they gave him a medal too. So. <laughs> I mean, I kind of understand where he's coming from because he, he was the first one to say, like, hey, we should even look into this. But at the same time, you didn't actually isolate the actual metal. So uh, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Um, but what does thallium use for? Because I didn't know. Uh, basically, <laughs> poison, toxin. Um, th uh, thallium sulfate uh, is used as a rodent killer. Um, and, but... And I think also, and uh, like a household rodent killer, but now we it's prohibited since like 1972. Yeah. Because yeah. like, wow, that's super toxic and bad. <laughs> yeah, it says now it's banned from being used in the environment in like many, many, many countries. Yeah. Um, they, the most places that it's used is by electronics in photoelectric cells because the thallium oxide, so thallium with oxygen, um, you can create a special glass with a high index of refraction and a low melting, um, low melting point glass. Um, so because of that, they use it in these electronics and stuff in those photo electronic cells. I guess it's good for that. Yeah. I also, I also found that, a um, a, a, a form of thallium, thallium 201. Did you read about thallium 201? I did not. That's an isotope of thallium. Yeah, I did not. It's an isotope. It's used in medicine to identify where blood isn't pumping in like the heart. And, and where where it's suspected that a coronary artery disease may be, and wow. um, it's it's considered safe. It's deemed safe because its half life is only seventy two point five hours. I was just and about so, to ask about is it the half life because that's yes. either with this one or maybe arsenic too. I don't know something else. I guess we we're looking at it's if it's a if the half life is so short, then it goes out of your body and it's fine. Yeah, it, it can't really cause that much damage right. um, by the time it goes through. So that that was the that was the only thing I put down for like like things? how it's used because I have a lot of a lot of fun fun facts for thallium. Yeah, so they yeah. use thallium salts for used to treat skin diseases, <laughs> but limited due to its toxicity. So, <laughs> there's that. Um, and then their alloy with mercury. Um, that has 8% thallium has a melting point at 20, 20 degrees lower than mercury. Um, so they use them in low temperature thermometers so that it can be Okay, cold. but that just sounds like a really toxic thermometer versus a slightly bad. Mercury's already bad. bad when you add thallium to it. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't deadly Break enough. It. Let me just throw in some thallium. There we go. Exactly. Um, they usually use it in photoresistors and infrared optical equipment and things like that. But um, as we we're talking about the toxicity, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the it's very toxic, and it's uh, the, there's evidence that the vapor is uh, teratogenic, and so teratogenic means that it disturbs the development of an embryo or fetus. Oh. And actually, so I was listening to uh, this podcast will kill you. If you haven't listened to that podcast, it's really awesome. It talks all about diseases and parasites and and bad things <laughs> um but you learn all about it and they were going over teratogenic and teratogenic has a it's basic uh, the the root of the word um means monster Ooh. yeah which is kind of like wow you're calling people like you're, you're creating monsters rather than just you know 
bad things are happening to your DNA. <laughs> but it kind of goes to like you know back in that day when they with how they would describe something. Right. Um, so you're some major bad things can happen uh, when the development of the embryo or fetus is involved. Um, it's also carcinogenic. So yes. cancer. So really not good. Oh, and this is really interesting. It can displace potassium in the body and affect the central nervous system. Ooh. So the sodium potassium pump is what is, is how your muscles work. Basically the, mm -hmm. the processing of those ions across the membrane um, gives you the muscle twitches and stuff like that. So if it's replacing potassium, it's going to, it's going to mess up with the, mess that up. And so you'd have trouble getting that information to your muscles to do things. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's bad. Um, and how in bad is it? It's really bad. <laughs> um, it's found in nature. It's found in several ores and, and minerals. Um, in crookside, laurinodite, hutchinsite, hutchinsite, different things, um, and pyrites that are used to produce sulfuric acid. So again, that's why I found it. Do you know there's also nodules of thallium that can be found on the ocean floor? Yes, they are found in manganese nodules in the ocean floor. Which is, remember, we talked about manganese nodules on the floor, but these ones can be from the size of a potato to the size of a cabbage, I read. Okay, yeah, not as big as the other manganese. No, manganese got big. Huge. If you want to learn more about mag manganese, <laughs> check out our, man to our podcast about manganese. <laughs> <laughs> um, they... Uh... So that, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, but they're mainly, it's mainly gotten um, from the byproduct of zinc, copper, and lead refining. So it kind of mm. is, a, is a leftover from that. Um, and, and actually, to go with your isotopes from before, they're naturally occurring. Um, uh, thallium is a mix of two isotopes, usually. Um, mm. But there are over, there are 25 different isotopes. Cool. Which is a lot. Yeah. So that's what I have about the basics of thallium. I'm hoping you have some more exciting things because I did not find very much on the basics of the history. Oh, and do I? Okay. Oh, I have some fun stuff. Okay. Let's get into the murder mystery. Oh, yes. Do you know a certain author named Agatha Christie? I do, and I love Agatha Christie. And Perot is my favorite one of hers. I like him mm. versus, um, is it Ma Mabel? Mabel? I'm not sure. She has, a, um, she has a girl detective and a boy detective. I like the pro mysteries. Well, this one, this one. Uh, so Agatha Christie, they think like, why does she know so much about poisons? And why does she know so much about, you know, murder? Well, right. she worked in a hospital and a pharmacy, which could explain why so many of her mysteries have poisonings in them. But mm. in, um, in her 1961 thriller, The Pale Horse, the poison used was thallium. Mm. So it's known as the poisoner's poison because the salts are soluble in water. They're colorless, odorless, and tasteless. And it has a delayed effect on the victim, probably it attacks the nervous system right. like you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Now, they think Christy could have based her thriller on the 1957 KGB attempt to murder Nikolai Kofla. 
Okay. Yeah. He was a former KGB assassin himself, and then he joined the US, and then they tried, uh, they attempted to, to poison him with thallium. Um, but uh, they said attempted. So obviously it did not work. But Christie's mm-hmm. details from from the pale horse which like i read a quote from it because they're like is her hair falling out and they're like yes they're like quick get her to a hospital she's had thallium she's been poisoned and saved someone's life i don't know who but um the details from her book have thought to have saved at least two lives and led to the arrest and conviction of a factory worker who used it to kill his stepmother two colleagues and nauseate 70 others but spoiler, he gave himself away. So people are like, what is happening to these people? Are yeah. they are they getting sick? And like, could it be like a poisoning? And then the health department guy's like, nah, it's not a poisoning. And the guy who was doing the poisoning was like, well, could it be thallium? <laughs> because there's, you know, Agatha Christie's novel it said they reacted this way and they were like huh and then they realized it was him he had actually just gotten out of an insane asylum and he was um, pretty cuckoo kachoo and uh, yeah he murdered a bunch he would have murdered a lot more people if they if he wouldn't have given himself away by quoting Agatha Christie a lot of times they like people like that want to get caught so it's like they they put the like the breadcrumbs out there so that somebody will catch them Right. Well, he obviously was not quite right in the head because right. he, you know, well, he was doing pretty well until he gave himself away because <laughs> they were trying to find like an alternative because it was all these factory workers. And they're like, well, what what's making these factory workers sick? And right. Oh, it's the crazy guy they hired. Um, <laughs> Background check. <laughs> Spoiler. Um, um, that's another. Crazy. That's crazy that, that Agatha Christie's book like helped save people it's neat yeah 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 because it, it's very detailed like the the end of the book because he's like does the you know the victim have these symptoms and they're like yeah and they're like he's like it's thallium poisoning so he like straight up says it um another fun story i think you'll really enjoy this so in 1959 fidel castro took over the took over power of cuba right ever heard mm-hmm. of him kind of <laughs> But yeah, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> this just cuts me up. The C the CIA believed that if he lost his famous beard, he would lose his power over Cuba. Oh my god, what is is this? Oh my lord. So <laughs> so they planned to dose his socks with thallium and hopes and thallium talcum powder to hope that his beard, his hair would fall out. If wow. It, <laughs> it did not work. What? Well, uh, yeah. But what is this? Is this Samson and Delilah, right? He cut his hair and he lost all his, his the, the strength. His strength yeah. Right? It's like, um, okay. So. Awful beard, man. If they think that, that that's what they could Right? Do. <laughs> I read that story and I was like, what? That that's doesn't quite make that. sense. Like, and you gotta um, wonder. Somebody brings that up in like the briefing room or something, and everybody's guys, like, guys. Yeah, "That's a great idea." Well, it might. I mean, it, it, part of it might have just been like they didn't think that, but they thought maybe people of Cuba oh, people. 
blanket, right? Yeah. So, like, we won't kill him. We'll just poison him until his hair falls out. And then people will think he's weak. And then he'll <laughs> lose his control. So let's put thallium talcum powder in his socks. That sounds like a good plan. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh. Um. Tie back to polonium. Um, they originally thought that the former spy that was murdered with polonium poisoning, they thought it was with thallium at first. Oh, so that okay. was like the first thing they thought. Um, and I have just one more really silly fact. There is a perfume for men called thallium. <laughs> okay. <laughs> did, they, did they name it after that? Or did they just name it that and then realize that it's also that and it didn't matter? Yeah. Like, but, oh. You will have to ask Jacques Evard why he named his men's perfume Thallium. Pers- maybe it's so good it's deadly. Oh, I like it. That should be the tagline. You should, you should work for them. I should. I really should. I'm, my my, my uh, creativity is wasted. <laughs> wasted on second graders who don't get my jokes. Because <laughs> that's a good one. Literally, though, <laughs> I'm virtual teaching and I'm like, did anyone get my joke? Anybody? Is anyone there? Anybody? And then I'm like, is my mic on? No, really, is my mic on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, crickets. I, I spend the second grade teacher um, told you jokes in the morning and then so you'll hear and she'll tell a joke and like you can't hear the kid you know the kids are all muted and so so it's like okay well maybe it's not that funny <laughs> well, that's the thing is like you tell a joke and it's like you unless the kids like throwing their head back to guffaw you don't know if they mm-hmm. think it's funny and you're just in there like huh, okay well and then there'll be like the one kid that like unmutes and goes huh <laughs> <laughs> It's just so hard to gauge your audience over Zoom. It really is. It really is. Anyway, so that's all we have about thallium. Yeah, thallium. So. It's kind of a lesser known one, but we got lots on arsenic. Oh, yes. People I know about didn't, arsenic. I didn't go too crazy into arsenic. Well, but, there's um, more about the history and the biology. <laughs> in okay. <nature. laughs> so... I have that it was isolated in 1250. Yes. By German and, Dominican friar and alchemist. Uh, I have, have a that German that? philosopher, Albertus Magnus. Oh. Did you have somebody else? He didn't put a name. I don't oh. know why I don't have a name. No, it's that's the same probably, person. Yeah, probably. Um, it is also odorless and tasteless. Mm-hmm. Um. And it is, uh, it's been a well-known poison. So actually, and this is, uh, I look at my notes again. So originally I saw that it was from the word arsenicum, which is Greek for yellow, the yellow pigment oropin. And oropin is uh, arsenic sulfide. But then it also said that the first word of it was from the Persian zarnik, Z-A-R-N-I-K-H. And that means yellow or or pigment. And then the Greeks adapted it to arsenicum. I read this, well, you said the second. I I read that it's from the Persian word for yellow pigment, now known as orphment. Orphment. I can't read read my handwriting. And then the Greek kind of manipulated it and translated it. Um, But it also, 
um, the Greek word can also mean masculine or potent. Yeah, which I thought was interesting, too. I was like, oh, well. Masculinity that's... will kill you. It's Toxic not... masculinity. Yeah. Oh, oh. I didn't oh. even catch that. Yep. That's so smart. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> masculinity. Arsenic. Oh, my gosh. That guy is so arsenic. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, we just did a whole new hashtag arsenic. Oh, my gosh. This is uh, exciting. Yes, it no, is. No one will care about us, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All it takes is one person to catch on, and then it will go, like, wildfire. Just, yeah. Um, yeah, but I think that's interesting, though, that they that it it's a poison, and then that word also means masculine or potent, so that the, mm-hmm. that strong, that's very strength and strong, and things kind of go together, which is interesting. Um, yeah. Well, it's in, what, what I find interesting... Uh, is that although it was isolated in, you know, 1250, it's been known oh, by the ancient yeah. Egyptians, ancient Greeks, the Chinese, the Ming yeah. dynasty was really popular. Oh, yep, I, heard, I just had to think about that, yep. So, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's been, well it's known been around. Yeah. yeah, it just wasn't isolated. Like, you just, you know, like, oh, that thing over there, that pigment, that, that orbit. <laughs> Don't that lick that orbit. rock, you will die. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But they say, they say, you know, yellow, but there's actually, there's yellow arsenic and there's gray arsenic and there's white arsenic. Mm-hmm. So I thought that yeah, was those interesting. Are all, yeah, those are all allotropes. So those different sh- shades and shapes of it in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, as a metal, it's actually a semi-metal and it's actually silver, gray, and brittle. Yeah, it's so, a metalloid, right? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like in, in between. Um, but what's interesting too is that the the poison one, and we'll get into it as we go through some of the stuff. But the poisonous part is when it's an inner, it's in its inorganic form. So, the arsenic with sulfur, arsenic with oxygen, arsenic with chloride. So when but, it makes a friend, it it has toxic max masculinity. But it has to be inorganic. If it goes with carbon, then it becomes an or, organo organo arsenic, and that's not as bad. Mm-hmm. And can actually be helpful so mm. uh it, it all depends on who's your friends with <laughs> mm. brings out the bad toxic max masculinity in you exactly you... those other inorganic ones it's not um, natural nope <laughs> not natural it's not good nope um so uses as with thallium rat poisons um <laughs> basically it's toxic um rat poisons insecticides but of course now it's strictly controlled especially in the u.s um Mm -hmm. since the 1980s um but there are what's crazy is that there's some still in the soil um from the large time that they've used it from the 1980s so that's why if you're to be an organic farmer they test your soil and it, it, Uh. it takes years and years and years for some of that stuff to to go out so sometimes you have to wait like seven years to be able to know that if your soil is okay or more than that. Isn't arsenic though like found like in even organic soil? Isn't it like, I mean, isn't it just naturally occurring in organic soil? Um, the less yeah, toxic? You do find it. Um, let me see where I have my, my nature. Um, it's, it's crystalline. It's a crystalline metalloid in the Earth's crust, but then there's a small amount in the native state, mainly in minerals, um, or arsenopyrite, and others. Um, but I don't actually have a, about it being in soil. There might be some. Okay. But I just thought it showed up a lot in rice. 
because it came in from the soil, but right. But that doesn't mean it's naturally occurring in the soil. Oh, right. True. Valid point. Yeah. Um. So, uh, they used to be used as a medicine. Oh boy, do I know that. Victor in the Victorian age, you know, <laughs> back then. And uh, 1786, Dr. Fowl Thomas Fowler had mm -hmm. Dr. Fowler's solution, which is a potassium arsenate. It was a um, cure-all. In water, yeah, it cures everything. Cures it was a cure all tonic. Um, it, Charles Dickens used it. I know. Um, uh, but uh, th then, um, which which is very interesting. 1786 is when it started, right? And they didn't start to phase it out until the 1930s and 50s. Oh, that's a long time. Right, because they saw this increased cancer happening. Oh. And they're like, oh, maybe that's not so good. Okay. Yeah, I mean, sure, it probably killed a lot of things, but also damaged you in the process. <laughs> <laughs> um, the... Kill all the bad and some of the good. And some of the good. And there you go. Um, I just think it's funny that it took that long for them to make those connections. But <laughs> I digress. Um, but so the interesting, so the organic arsenics, um, mm -hmm. the arsenic with carbon, um, those compounds, it can be added to poultry feed that actually help prevent disease and improve waking. So, again, if it's an organic form, can actually possibly be beneficial. Can improve what? Uh, prevent disease and improve weight gain. Because, you know, you want oh, some fat chickens. Weight gain. I heard waking, and I'm like, are they sleepy chickens? I <laughs> It helps them wake up in the morning to get their egg laying going. <laughs> did, you, did you read that it used to be used in flypaper? No, I didn't get that. Yeah, so it used to be used in flypaper. Um, basically, you know, those sticky, like, flypaper that would be hanging? Well, they would just, you know, paint some arsenic on there so that the flies would die faster. Well, they're not wrong. <laughs> just don't touch it yourself. Right? <laughs> just like, what? Oh, my Lord. Okay. <laughs> we've been so dumb. Well, how so, people oh, are so dumb. many so many things we've been done with like and especially like we know it's a poison it's okay it won't hurt us it's fine <laughs> we'll just kill everything around us with it and it won't, yeah. won't affect us at all here here baby go play with this fly, fly tape it'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> um so uh so this is interesting and i didn't actually uh research what this meant but um tonight <laughs> was used is used as a doping agent in semiconductors for solid state devices that's and I have dope. no idea what doping agent means in this in this context. It means it's awesome. Don't it's super awesome. Well, I mean, solid state devices are like that's the next generation of computery stuff that you don't have a, a, a spinning disk, right? It's just solid, doesn't move mm. around. Um, but I have no idea what doping agent means in that respect. I, I have no idea. I even have a little question mark over it, and I didn't I didn't have time to go research what that means. <laughs> That's okay. I doubt. I mean, if someone really wants to know, they will go find out. Exactly. Um, they used it in. Um, it's used in bronzing and pyrotechnics for color. So adding oh, or yeah. change color of your fireworks, mm -hmm. um, and for hardening shot, so bullets to create um, to make it harder. The bullets. to really kill whatever you're shooting. <laughs> Overkill. So the bullet wasn't hard enough. Let's make it even harder. Um, and poisoned. <laughs> and poisoned. Exactly. You know. Oh, you imagine if yeah, if, uh, depending on how much arsenic is in there, then if it gets a lot, if it stays in you, then you you know you could get if it's made out of lead, lead poisoning. But then you could also get arsenic poisoning, I suppose. Is it legal? Yeah. Yeah. Back in. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, you. I mean, they didn't usually kill people with like, like a hard, like metalloid version of arsenic. You know, they wasn't usually how they usually did it poison through like liquids and food. So it's not right. But I, I guess it could in theory. Well, I mean, if you, I just want to say, I'm just saying, if you got shot by one and then you couldn't get the bullet out, and some, you know, right. sometimes the bullets left in, and then you get adverse effects from that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. Also, use it to make special glass um, and preserve wood, but of course, they they don't do the special glass as much anymore since it's toxic. <laughs> Um, and the, the treated wood was used to prevent rotting, but um, it's not banned, which is, I think this is interesting. It's not banned. You can still do it. But the manufacturers voluntarily stopped the produ- producing them in 2003. Oh, good for them. I know, which is not something you normally hear. You don't know, you're like, we're going to do this out of the goodness of our heart, and we're not going to do it, <laughs> even if we're told not, we don't, we're not told that we have to. So I thought that was nice. Well, did you know um, uh there was an arsenic-based drug called salvarsan. Yeah, salvarsan. That was my next one. It was developed in, yeah, but in 1910 by Nobel laureate Paul, oh no. Ehrlich. Ehrlich. Oh, I, I can't He's remember German. Yeah, Ehrlich. oh yeah, that's supposed to be an H, not an N. Okay, <laughs> to treat syphilis. Yep, um, it's called arsphenamine. <laughs> It's almost as bad as thallium for men. Right. Um, <laughs> what's interesting is that it was treated cure syphilis and is very effective. Um, and it was the top medicine until penicillin came about in the 1940s. Penicillin's a little safer than, a little safer, than arsenic, a little but yeah. But did you read that it um, that that drug led to the targeted chemotherapy that is used? No. Uh, yeah, so they actually use arsenic uh, trioxide uh, that treats acute promyelocytic leukemia. <laughs> All right. Um, but they're able. That's it. Led to them using a it was a chemotherapy drug, which I thought was kind of oh. cool. Um, yeah, and then the only other thing I had for the uses is that back to the bullets. They they alloy it with lead to make it make the bullets harder. So you can get lead poisoning and arsenic poisoning together in one. Oh, that sounds lovely. So, As you're being shot. Right. Exactly. It's great. Um, let's see. I've got biology and I've got some history and some health. What, what do you want to do? What do you got? What do you want to do? I've got like poison. I've got poison. I've got poison. slow poisoning. I have oh. First case of toxicology Ooh. Well, in a let's, murder case. Let's go through the biology, and then okay. I have that history, and then we'll go into your stuff, and then I'll do any of the health that you haven't covered. All right. So um, biology, um, so interesting, some scientists think that, that arsenic may be essential in our diet at super low doses, right. like 0. .0000 something. <laughs> Because um, even small doses, it's toxic and a suspected carcinogen. Right. So it's interesting. I mean, we, we talk about trace elements. You do have to have some things in very small doses, but this would be super duper, sm- duper slow, mm-hmm. um, small. Um, this is this is one that um, you can test your hair to see if you've been exposed to it. 
Right? No, that's actually how they... Yeah, that's how they do a quick diagnosis. You just need a lock of hair. Right? You can see if you've been dosed with it. Because the bonds to the atoms in the hair. But back in the big arsenic poisoning days, back before Mm -hmm. they, you know, could take a hair sample and actually, you know, test it... um, they, it was diagnosed by the victim's garlicky smelling breath. You smell like garlic when you have too much arsenic? Apparently, when you die of arsenic, your breath, or as you're dying, it has a garlicky. But ironically, researchers in India showed that eating cloves of garlic, one to three cloves of garlic a day, could prevent arsenic poisoning in contaminated water. Like the drinking water really? form of arsenic that's yeah. done from wells. So, like, yeah. in India, they're doing, like, there's a lot of arsenic poisoning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, they dig these deep wells, but there's mines nearby, and then arsenic has, like, come out of the ores and into the wa- into the drinking water. So, it's really low do- dosages. Dosages? Dosages? Um, it's very small doses. And I think it's a different kind of arsenic. It might be the organic kind of arsenic well i think the organic one isn't really toxic well it it was saying that it's like a long-term poisoning it takes a long time to kill you well that's like the like anything with like a a low dose long exposure type right so but um researchers in india were showing that eating cloves of garlic can actually prevent arsenic poisoning of contaminated water I don't know all the science behind it, but I have my source. It smells like garlic, but then eating garlic can stop it from happening. That's so weird. Maybe it's like birth control. Like, if you have it already in your body, then it, like, doesn't need to make it. I don't know. Or maybe it binds with the garlic binds or something. I don't know. That The other one. Can't the arsenic's make. like, oh, there's already arsenic here. I'm going to leave. This is competitive exclusion. We'll fill, fill it up with garlic, and there's no room for you, arsenic. <laughs> Go home. I don't know if it's proven. That's just what researchers were, were oh, discovering. Interesting. You never know. So, I think there's crazier things out there. Dude, eat, but, just eat more garlic. It's fine. <laughs> then what if you run out of garlic? <gasps> then vampires are going to find you. <laughs> <laughs> and Halloween is complete now. Oh, so, yeah, I do have that the biggest risk is leaking into water supplies that's mm-hmm. around the world. Um, and in 2001, actually, the EPA for the U.S. decreased the level allowed from 50 parts per billion to 10 parts per billion. That's a big so, drop. Yeah, it's a big drop. And that's super small, like parts per billion parts of water. So like 10, you can't have less than 10. Um, and as you noted, well water can have the highest levels. Um, and one in, f- this is interesting, one in five wells in New Hampshire, Maine, Michigan, California, New Mexico, uh, Arkansas, Colorado, and Nevada have levels that are too high for being good. Mm. So be careful if you have well water. You should get that tested. And the shallower the well, the less yeah. likely that the arsenic was found in it. So that's part of it as well. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I guess the yeah the deeper there would be more deeper is just deep deeper is just worse. That. <laughs> um, so, um, and actually, we'll talk. I don't want to talk about that right now. Pinkle, but there pinkle, are pinkle. Um, some some foods 
have a surprisingly high amount of arsenic in them. <laughs> but it is in the less harmful organic form. So again, you're right. The organic form can be harmful. It's just not nearly as bad as the inorganic form. Mm -hmm. uh, but that does say it's not harmful to health. So it's not really going to affect you that badly. It may not be great for you. Um, but tell me what food. What food but, has... So the foods. So this is interesting. Um, fruiting crops like tomatoes, peppers, squash, cucumbers, peas, beans, corn, melon, and strawberries absorb very little. So those are good. Oh, okay. not low, low arsenic. Oh, good. I like um, Leafy vegetables, lettuce, collard greens, kale, mustard, and turnip greens store more in their leaves than others, but still not concerning. Still mm. okay. The root vegetables, though, again, this goes to the soil being deeper. Mm. Root vegetables like beets, turnips, carrots, radishes, and potatoes, um, there's quite a, there can be quite a bit of it, um, but it's mainly in the skin. So if you peel the skins, it's, it's not, it's, you're getting rid of most of it. But isn't that where, like, all the nutrients of the potato is, is I in don't, the skin? So that's what I was thinking, because I don't peel my carrots, because yeah. th that's where a lot of the nutrients are. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, well, crap. Should I be feeling my carrots now? Because well, they but are... they said it's not concerning. It says, no, no, and no. It says... no. They, that, they said that for the leafy vegetables. They didn't say that for the root vegetables. Oh. Like that one is, that's the level that it, it may be. Um, but is it, or, is it inorganic? Or is it, because maybe this is just in soil that's not fully organic. Yeah, I don't know. They didn't say... They just said in general, I think, you know, on average over all of the carrots in the U.S. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of carrots. Yeah. So, yeah, I was kind of sad. I was like, ah, oh, because that's, I like leaving the, the skins on things because that's what I, I know. I love, I actually love eating a baked potato and I love eating the whole mm -hmm. potato. I do too. Me too. Oh. I mean, yeah. I think also if you're not eating like a thousand pounds of potatoes a day, you're probably okay. That's true. If you have <laughs> a potato skin at like once a month, you're not going to, you know, have arsenic right. poisoning. It'll be okay. <laughs> um, um, and then apples, pears, and grapes um, do absorb some, but um, that's why they're actually the uh, FDA and stuff are actually keeping track of juices because oh. um, some of them can have some in there. Ah. So about the, the the food. So I didn't realize that arsenic was so um, uh, present. So present, yeah, and actually uh, prawns also have a fair amount of arsenic. Yeah, yeah. I remember reading that somewhere too. And I was like, oh man. <laughs> I like me some prawns. Serious. And then I don't the, eat the, the last one um, that I have for food is what you talked about before is the rice. Um, mm -hmm. Because rice absorbs more arsenic than other crops do. And so that's mm -hmm. why the FDA has focused on rice cereals for kids. Um, because uh, uh, there's uh, under a hundred parts per billion of inorganic arsenic. Of inorganic. They want they wanted to stay under one hundred um, parts per billion of inorganic arsenic in the rice cereals. Yeah, I remember Shane Shane read an article. My husband read an article about arsenic in rice. No rice after we had Greta, and he's like, he's like, okay, let's try not to give her too much rice. I'm like, every baby food is made it's of rice. rice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? And then I got her these like teething bars that were made of wheat, but they like just they were like dog bones. It's <laughs> awful. And then she would just drool on them, and they turned into this like gelatinous 
like mess and I was just uh, like this is so gross can I can I get a mom mom now can can I get a mom mom <laughs> well so I, I love the mom moms man Benjamin love those things mm-hmm. um but I think the the point though is that they the FDA is so on top of it because of that so they are it is much more regulated than other things so right there is a, it's not like oh my god this is a problem you shouldn't eat it it's we need to keep track of it but the levels are low right um, and That's it also valid. might be in uh, beer, wine, and Brussels sprouts. Well, I had I had some of that tonight, so I hope. <laughs> I think I'm going to die of a different kind of poisoning if I drink right. enough to get arsenic poisoning from right. me. You have to drink a lot to get there. Um, so uh, I'll go into a little bit of the, the past history, and then you can chime in, and then we, you can go on to the other things that you have in the... Yeah interesting stuff it is called the king of poison or poison of kings yes it yeah, is very cool because it's tasteless odorless and it's i guess killed so many royal it's killed so much royalty well so that's the thing so they would use it um to kill um a lot of kings <laughs> a lot of royalty uh and even peasants as well the borgias were thought oh, to Borgia. use mm-hmm. do you have that in your notes I do. The Italy family, um, they believe it was used to kill, they used it to kill to become the most powerful family in the Renaissance period. Yes. If you don't know about the Borgias, um, they're a 15th century Italian family. The father was Pope Alexander VI, son of Cesar, and his daughter Lucretia. They lived in Florence, and they are said to have poisoned many of their enemies, primarily with arsenic. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I actually did a play where one of the characters went around and she went, I feel like Lucrezia Borgia. Because she was poisoning people. Nice. So. Poison for you. Poison for you. Everybody gets poisoned. Oh, it's actually a really, really, really funny short play that I I just love it. It's called Any Body for Tea. <laughs> and it's about these it these old these old women who um they they um this like detective moved in a across the street and they're like kind of creeping on him like looking at him through the way like he, they're doing he's doing his calisthenics in the window and they're all like oh he's so cute I wish we could meet him they're like well how can we meet him we can't just invite him over that's not proper and so they're like well if he was a plumber we could stop up the sink and they're like no nah, he's a detective in homicide so they start killing each other off so that he goes over for tea wow that's amazing it's so funny. So dark and so I, funny. It is. I I acted in it and I also later directed it because I just I loved it so much. That's the like, one act. At the beginning of that, I was like, "How is this relating to poisoning?" <laughs> I was they not expecting poisoned the, each the, other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A play to go that route. Mm. Interesting. Right. I like Good. it. What's that? Um. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Kings. So kings and commoners use it as assassination. Um, some believe that Bonaparte was poisoned. They pretty much know he died of gastric cancer, but could that have been Ooh, part of it? There's more to this story. Ooh, so initially they thought Napoleon was poisoned by arsenic in his entourage. However, the place where he was living when he was dying, his wallpaper had shields green, which ex- exuded an arsenic vapor when it was damp. 
And this actually was considered to kill many people, including a U.S. ambassador in the 1950s. So there was this, like, wallpaper that was the Shields green color, which they got that green color by adding some yellow arsenic. And it wasn't toxic until it got damp. When it got damp, it released an arsenic vapor. So although Napoleon died of cancer... Mm-hmm. Did he die of cancer that was due to the carcinogenic that was in the wallpaper in his walls? What? And we thought lead paint was a problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but there was actually there was a That's there was crazy. a US ambassador in the 1950s who was um spending like time in Italy and she got really sick and had to go back home and they realized that where she was staying the hotel she was staying in had that shields green um or Sheely's green mm-hmm. wallpaper. Uh-huh. And then, so the thing I was reading was like, how many, how many nurseries and how many like right? homes had this wallpaper in it? And the, you know, the people died and they're like, oh, how sad that child was so sick and then yeah, just so died. Okay. This is probably the lo- the count of arsenic deaths is probably way low, way higher than we've re- recorded because you don't yeah. associate all of those times that it, it was a, part of it yeah crazy yeah hmm. i'm glad i could add to that story like, yes that makes me awesome. really happy. yeah well mm-hmm. i was like well i mean like maybe like he was slowly getting arsenic somehow and that led to the cancer but that makes total sense mm-hmm. crazy paper wallpaper killing you yeah watch out man <laughs> it's not only tacky it's deadly oh man i love it you got some great ones tonight thank you tacky, <laughs> Oh man. Toxic masculinity. <laughs> Tacky and deadly. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so the uh, so we, we kind of already talked about it, but the fact that you, you mentioned before the Egyptians knew about it, Greek philosopher Theophrastus knew of Orpent and Realger, which are um, different par- different uh, I forget what Real. I wrote down what Realger was, which what thing is, but I can't find it now. But the combination of arsenic with something else. Um, and Aristotle noted sandarch or red lead, which is actually arsenic sulfide. Hmm. So they'll know about it. And then, as you mentioned too, the Chinese in uh, Pen Tsao's Kanmu writings in the 1500s, which is the Ming Dynasty, mm-hmm. they it was noted for the toxicity and mentioned in pesticide use in the rice fields, actually. Oh, so that's, that's really bad. Perhaps that's where some of the soil, the rice comes from in soils that are, have been, it's been used on for a long time. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, white arsenic is more dangerous as if mm-hmm. arsenic just by itself isn't dangerous enough. Um, and it's uh, arsenic trioxide is a byproduct of copper refining. Um, and they mix it with olive oil and heat to get the arsenic metal. But that white arsenic was sold in stores and used as chalk makeup in the Victorian <laughs> times to show, remember, like, so in the Victorian times, if you didn't work in the fields, like, if you were fat and you were really pale, means you didn't work in the fields, so you were high, you know, high up. Well, they were painting oh, no. their faces with white arsenic. Oh, boy. Which <laughs> didn't, you know, it's not good. Just letting you know. No, no, not good. Not good. <laughs> I realized I was like, oh my god, seriously? <laughs> on my face. It's going to be so great. Oh, yeah. 
So there's that. So um, they did that in the Victorian times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh, the fir- there was, do you know when the first anti-poison law was made? Uh, no, I don't. In the 82 BC. <laughs> yeah. Roman, the Roman Lucius Cornelius Sulla passed the first anti-poisoning law because there was a rash of arsenic poisonings. <laughs> He's like, okay, guys. Okay. Like, seriously, we need to stop you this. You can kill each other other ways, but no right? poisoning. This is okay? not cool. Um, and then also in 1836, the British chemist James Marsh uh, devised a test that detected minuscule amounts of arsenic, and that's only then was the epidemic of poisoning of arsenic poisonings started to decrease. Because mm, they could get caught a little faster. <laughs> All right. So people have been using this this thing for ever mm-hmm. well i have a fun little ditty for you okay <clears throat> let's see um well first there was a um a teenage poet named thomas chatterton he was around in the 1770s and he committed suicide with arsenic mm-hmm. um not my fun ditty um but then <laughs> At Toul in the Limousin region of France, Marie Lafarge was tried and found guilty of poisoning her husband with arsenic in 1840. I'm reading straight from Periodic Tales. Ah. <laughs> Cindy's the favorite book. book. Our podcast is based on. <laughs> that we struggled to read. But there are some fun stories in it. You just have to mm-hmm. dig. Um but Madame Lafarge was convicted when the evidence of the brilliant toxicologist Matthew Orfila called by a lawyer and actually in her defense, but then he showed that there to be arsenic in her husband's exhumed body and in food residues. It was the first case in which forensics, forensic chemistry was used to secure a verdict. When was that? Eight. 1840. Nice. So that's the four years after the arsenic tests by that British guy. Yeah. Interesting. So so it's been the first time that forensics was used is the first uh, anti-poison law. <laughs> so <laughs> arsenic's been responsible for quite a few things. You know, arsenic was a serious problem and people had to start making some changes. Just like with the toxic masculinity in our culture. <laughs> right. Also needs to be changed. <laughs> oh, I like it. Ban it. Okay, I'll stop with my toxic masculinity. <laughs> and scene. Um, yeah, I thought that was um, cool. I mean, the yeah. first case in which forensic chemistry, which, like, when I was in high school, I know, Cindy, you were, like, oh, 40 already by this point. But when I... <laughs> so funny. When I was in high school and CSI came out and forensics was like huge you know we took i took a forensics class and Hmm. um we did like blood splatter and learned about serial killers and uh you know like decomposition and things like that but like forensic chemistry has been around a lot longer than csi y'all just saying we should csi 1840s oh you know what's really funny is that that (laughs) that'd be awesome the my other podcast that I do for um, my marine mammal work, we just did a, a CSI episode, basically, Ooh. but a crime scene investigation involving seals. Ooh. But it, it did not involve chemistry. 
I do enjoy your podcast, by the way. Oh, why, thank you. It's the Pac-Man podcast. Yes. Yeah, Everyone, fun. go listen. If you, you, like- learn a, you learn about marine mammals. I've learned many things, mostly about different types of porpoises, which mm-hmm. I had no clue there were so many kinds. until. <laughs> and I learned about pinnipeds. Pinnipeds, featherfoot, sea lions. I seal. did not know that there was a pinniped that was freshwater and lived in a lake in Siberia. And I learned that the other day. Yeah. I was like, what? What? That's just Anyways. Do you have any more? um, Shameless plug for you. (laughs) We need more followers. Many more subscribers. Go. Um, uh, Do you have any more of the, like, interesting history stories? Uh, The only thing I have left is some some health-related things. I have... The very, very famous play that was turned into a movie starring Cary Grant, mm-hmm. Arsenic, and Old Lace. Oh. Have you never seen Arsenic and Old Lace? An Old Lace? Yes. Arsenic oh and Old Lace. Yes. Okay. I don't understand the title. Okay. <laughs> I will explain. Okay. It was written in 1939 by Joseph Kesselring. Um, Kessel, Kesselring. Um, it was his, by far his most famous play. Um, basically, the story plot goes that there are these two elderly sisters that live in this big house. Um, they also live with their brother, who believes he's Theodore Roosevelt. Um, As you do. Yes, of course. And basically, they have people, they have these single men stay in their house um like renting rooms but then they see that they're lonely so they just poison them and kill them because they think they're like doing them a favor wow okay yeah don't defend them make well they they do they but see they have tea and they and they listen to them and oh they just they live such a sad life and i just think they'd be better off in a better place and so they poison them with arsenic and so they wear old lace they're old ladies and they wear old lace and their nephew comes by and is visiting them and like kind of starts putting things together and he's like what is happening like and um yeah so it's it's really funny it's a, it's kind of that's probably where the person who wrote anybody for tea probably just stole it from arsenic and old lace but um it's a really funny play and you can see the movie with cary grant hmm. it's really i mean the the brother thinks he's theodore roosevelt and so when he every time he goes up the stairs he goes charge and he like charges up the stairs every time <laughs> and He's like, I'm digging the ditches in Panama. And he's like, they're dying of yellow fever down there. And like, he's just, and, but they just think he's, you know, he's just their sweet brother. And it's a little quirky. It's, it's like, it's such a good, it's such a good movie. It's such a good play. Um, and that's actually where I first heard of Arsenic. Oh. Was in the, the play Arsenic and Old Lace. Because if you don't know this about me, I was a theater major. <laughs> Just a little bit. And it's doing such great things for me. <laughs> it is. It is. Basically, <laughs> teaching is an acting job. That is true. It's a performance. Best teachers are kind of good actors and actresses. <laughs> mm-hmm. Entertainment. 
Um, but yeah, you could do a little bit about health and then yeah, we could just, I up. have a tiny bit about cyanide that we could just oh, throw okay, right. in there, sprinkle it on the end of our poison episode. Excellent. Um, so the uh, health stuff is just very brief, just basically about how it works. Um, in large doses, you get immediately sick and die. So there's <laughs> that. No um, but the long, the long-term exposure that we kind of already talked about, like those low doses, you see higher rates of skin, bladder, and lung cancers. And I'm not sure why exactly those cancers in particular. Um, but I suppose that maybe it's from the vapor, the breathing it in. I was going to say maybe it's it's breathing it in. And then getting it out. Drink, or drinking it. Mm-hmm. And, or just absorbing it through your skin. skin. Yeah. So there's that. Um, it can reduce your IQ and give you birth defects. So also not good. Um, but the, the good news is, is that now, uh, probably a lot for that British guy in 1836 that came up with the better test and it's gotten better from then on out, um, it's very easily detected and with very cheap tests and can be filtered mm -hmm. out with filtration. So it's, you know, we don't really worry about it nowadays because it's, we figured that out and it's very easy. So even if you do have arsenic waters in your well, you can easily get it tested and then you can get filters and you're fine. Right. So that's the good news. Um, oh yeah. So the I mentioned before that the um, thinking that some scientists think that in very 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 small small trace amounts, it's in, it's vital to our um, bodies. Yeah. It says that <laughs> some toxic metals in trace amounts may be essential nutrients. The human body needs 0.00001 percent arsenic for healthy nervous system. Hmm. Yeah. How many zeros was that? That was four zeros. All right. Just checking. Yeah. And that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. So. That's a very small percentage. Very small percentage of what you need. So don't go out and get arsenic. You, you're getting plenty in whatever carrot peel you eat. So that's what, that's what, so, you know, so eat some of your carrot peels. It's fine. You need some of it there. Yeah. There you but go. I find it really interesting that something can be so super toxic, but in really small, super trace amounts can actually be beneficial. It's, I thought that was very interesting. Oh, come on. Think about our, think about our oxygen episode, right? Where you need it, but. Too, well, too much of anything is bad. Mm -hmm. Yes. Except for love. <laughs> Always have, never have too much love. Um, I, I, I have one thing to add at the end, I think it would be a good closing thing. So let's talk about your cyanide for a little bit. Oh, I just have a little bit, you know, you probably heard of cyanide from like the movies, the spy movies where they have the cyanide tablet that they bite into and they die. Um, but it was actually originally made famous by detective stories and it's really common. It was, um, it smells of bitter almonds. Hmm. So I don't know what's with everything having like a food smell, but you know, I guess poison's got to be right. Mm -hmm. uh, cyanide gas does the most harm though. So gas is worse than like in a okay. solid form or a right. liquid form. Swallowing it in a crystal form is toxic as well. Um, so, but um, a true story um, in 1917 to end uh, Rasput Rasputin's influence after the Russian royal family um, of the Russian royal family, a group of nobles gave Rasputin um, some Russian cakes that were laced with cyanide to kill him. Ooh. But um, when that didn't work, they just shot him. <laughs> but they tried okay. to poison him first. Let's do it this way. Oh, it doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> yep. 
pretty much. So Rasputin, they tried to kill him with cyanide. Did not work. Grigory Rasputin, if you ever watch the Anastasia movie, he's actually a wizard. <laughs> right? <laughs> and has a bat. <laughs> That's a pet. <laughs> I gave her a ha and a hi-ya, and I kicked her, sir. So, um, but I think, I think, isn't cyanide just like carbon and yeah, so I was nitrogen because I'm like, this is what, what is cyanide? And yeah, it's a carbon triple bonded to a nitrogen. Yeah, so that group is known as a cyano group. So, mm-hmm. there's that. And so, cyanide, yeah. that's what you find um, um, cyanide is in apple seeds. Right. So people might say like apple seeds are poisonous, they're toxic. And right. some people like both Cindy and I were like, yeah, arsenic. Nope. Nope. Cyanide. Yeah. I was like, wait, there's arsenic in there. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. Right. That's cyanide. Just kidding. But to be fair, you have to eat like a lot of apple seeds. Yeah. And guess what? You know, I used to feed apples to my horses all the time and you would have to eat a massive amounts of seeds for that to become poisonous for you. Yes. And for those seeds to probably break open too, because the, half the point of seeds is that you eat them and they get pooped out the other end. That's so as well. They yeah. have to break it open first. Um, so very interesting. So poisons are bad. Yeah. And um, uh, one thing I found this quote um, in my searchings, uh, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and we we're talking about the do- the dosage, right? So right. how you know too much or too little, whatever. So Paraclesis or Paracelsus, not sure which. Paraclesis, um, I believe. Paraclesis. Okay, so it's a 16th century Swiss German philosopher, and this is a great quote: "All things are poison, and nothing is without poison. Only the dose permits something not to be poisonous." Mm. So true. So true. That that goes very well with our podcast. I thought it was a great, great kind of ending quote to do. Yeah, because I feel like everything we've talked about, we're like, well, too much of it will kill you. (laughs) Right, exactly. Only the dosage is what's important. I mean, oxygen can kill you, but you need it desperately to live. So it's all about water. Water can kill you. Mm -hmm. So true. Food can kill you. Masculinity. <laughs> Ready to go full circle, full circle there. I'm sorry. I just had to. I just had to one more time. Okay, one I got it. Time. I got it all out. All right. Sorry, guys. It's really close to the election. I'm feeling a lot of pressure right now. <laughs> a little, little bit. A little stressed. Right. So that's our Halloween episode of. Yes. I mean, it wasn't about ghosts or goblins, but no, it was about. About things that can that, that can turn you into a ghost or a goblin. <laughs> <laughs> Teratogenic. A zombie. It's a monster, right? Zombie. zombie. Kills you, kill the ghost. Mm-hmm. There you go. Awesome. Cindy, cool. where can they find you if they want to learn more about you? Well, you can find me um, at Pacific Mammal Research and uh, P-A-C-M-A-M dot org. That's our website. And the Pac-Man podcast, which is on any place that you have your podcasts. <laughs> you listen to your podcasts. <laughs> um, and if you want to learn about marine mammals and have some fun with science. Okay, what about cool. you? Where they find you? They can find me on Instagram at Gracie Runs 50 by 50 where I will hopefully be pumping out some exciting stuff and i'll start promoting it hopefully in november a little charity thing i'm hoping to get up and running so 
running. It's a running. Yeah, I did. I know. I, <laughs> I didn't try to, but I did. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping to do a, a little relay, a little um, kind of a run-a-thon kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Hopefully like just kind of encouraging people to think outside yeah. themselves this holiday season yeah. and help we other some, people. We need some nice vibes going out into the world in yeah, this I'm, year of 2020. Yeah, you know, I'm actually focusing on November, trying to... Every day of November, I'm going to try and thank someone or something oh, out loud or on social media to just make my voice, make the, the positive be louder than the negative. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's, it's dark, man. It is. <laughs> it's dark. 2020 has been a year. So Ooh, let's end it on, the high, a- on, a, on a better note than we've had the rest of the year. That's not going to be hard to do at this point. <laughs> that is true. The bar is low. It's very low. But, um, yeah, if you um, liked our podcast, you can um, leave a rating or review. You, you can subscribe. Um, we also have an email um, that you can email us anything to if you have a request or a question. It's Elemental Fun podcast at gmail.com is that right miss so. So, yeah. as you can tell it's very popular we're on it all the time <laughs> <laughs> <A while. laughs> but we have it um and yeah so that's yes i think it. Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> just checking just make sure yep. it's been a long year um, yes. if you don't know about us we've We've each had a kid since this podcast has come Started. out, and so <laughs> we're a little delayed, but um, thanks for sticking with us. That's right. Yeah. We so, appreciate all of you. Yes. We appreciate anyone who's willing to learn and willing to stretch their mind and... Have some fun. Um, yeah. Which, we got a shout out from my friends V. Hey, V. Um, he uh, He's been kind of shouting the news of our podcast which make, makes me feel good he actually and he actually enjoys them and he, it's awesome. not like it's not like my dad who i asked to listen to it and he's like oh you're still doing that i'm like thanks dad mm-hmm. thanks. um <laughs> sorry my mom can't even find podcasts it would be too difficult to explain to her how to do it so <laughs> but are we still on youtube as well we are still or on we... youtube yes okay yeah so you could find us on youtube yeah. um, or apple podcasts or spotify and yeah also so go ahead and subscribe and yeah. enjoy we uh we're we're almost to 30 so that's yeah, really exciting so i know that doesn't sound like a lot for some people but for two very busy moms that's pretty much it's the a lot. greatest accomplishment who don't get paid for this this is sheerly just out of fun just right. it is elemental fun not elemental paid so <laughs> exactly <laughs> so that's um i think i'm pretty proud of us cindy i am too yeah We've we stuck great. with it we did and we're, we're still going good. yep we're still going with everything that's what going on yep we'll think of what we're gonna go after next we still have some really great elements we haven't even touched yeah, well, I, think we should, I think we'll go into that into mercury because that's another I think so. I think that's a good thing we'll go into next. We'll hit Mer- Mercury. We were going to put that on this podcast, but Mercury's got a whole lot of, it can have its own podcast. 
Yeah. And we're already an hour in with arsenic and thallium. So <laughs> that's Cindy's way of saying, shush, Grace, time to go to bed. <laughs> It's time to all go. Right. Let the people go. Well, thank you so much for listening. Again, my name is Grace. My name is Cindy. And stay curious. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Testing. How do you sound? You sound kind of like in and out. You sound a little uh, spotty. I sp- I'm spotty. No, not your face. Not your face. Oh, okay. But you, your voice. Wait, my voice is spotty. Is it still spotty? No, no, no it's not spotty. Okay. Well, let's hear it. Let's see how it is. Uh, stop. Bloop, bloop.